Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Good morning. Today is Wednesday, September 20th. It's six minutes after nine. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. That guy is Rob Kendall. You can find him on Twitter, Rob M. Kendall. My name is Casey Daniels. I'm there too, Casey Daniels 317. And of course, we're both on YouTube right now. If you type in Kendall and Casey into the YouTube search bar. Coming up this hour, we've got polling that shows Biden is losing to not only Trump, but a few other people. Also, Donald Trump set to skip out on next week's presidential primary debate, but we start off with what happened at the United Nations General Assembly. It kicked off in downtown Manhattan yesterday, brought in speakers from all over the world to discuss the globe's most pressing challenges. And according to Ukraine's Vladimir Zelensky, the most pressing problem is that we're failing on climate change. Casey, you're, uh, you are, two, there's two things I know about you. You're one, very rich, <laughs> and two, you're very giving. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so I'm going to use this as an example of what we saw yesterday. Yeah. I am sure you, as a very rich, giving person, have used your infinite wealth over the years to help people that you have considered to be some of your nearest and dearest friends. Sure. You are a very giving person, mm-hmm. you're a very loving person. Mm-hmm. I'm going to guess at some point in your very giving existence, you have had at least one friend who no matter what you do for them, no matter how much you help them, what you buy them, pick them up, let you, let them stay at your place, no matter what sacrifice you make for them, it is simply never enough. Never enough. I, they do, always do, want more. Are you thinking in your mind of someone who fits that description? I am, actually. And on top of it not being enough, they're, despite their life being a just overwhelming cavalcade of problems, Mm -hmm. they're always willing to look at you and go, "Um, Casey, your house is kind of messy. You you could have done more for me. I've made 25 years of mistakes, but you could have done more for me. (laughs) Yes. Um, In this case, the uh, friend in which we are talking about is Vladimir Zelensky of Ukraine, because, wow, if you were to look up ungrateful SOB in the dictionary, there'd be a big old picture of this guy. (laughs) Yeah, he was uh, addressing the General Assembly, and he said, we're failing at climate change. Nothing like giving a guy billions of dollars and then getting yelled at because you're not doing enough. What is he talking about? Isn't his country at war? Well, you know, a simple thanks would have been enough. <laughs> Go on down. So I saw so many people comment on this yesterday. And obviously, you know how the dealio is with Ukraine. There's a group of people who, oh, we've given them one trillion. Well, let's make it two, no matter what it is. And of course, we we lump uh, the fine folks, the Republicans in the United States Senate. Of course, we're talking about people like Todd Young and his adult supervision, Mitch McConnell, where no matter they've made it very clear that Ukraine is the number one priority. Homelessness in the country doesn't matter. Uh, you know, border insecurity doesn't matter. Inflation. <laughs> you guys are funny. Mitch McConnell's own words. Ukraine to Republicans in the Senate is the most important thing. So to those people, none of this matters. How this guy behaves, what he says, does no big deal. But I saw many, many people and I get that. Twitter is the third circle of hell in many instances, but sometimes it is fun to peruse the comments. And many, many people are looking at this going, dude, your country is at war Mm -hmm. and you're coming to the United Nations and you're you're uh, lecturing people on climate change. Mm -hmm. Yes, because he's playing into the left's narrative. Let's take a listen. 
though humanity is failing on its climate policy objectives. This means that extreme weather will still impact the normal global life and some evil state will also weaponize its outcomes. And when people in the streets of New York and other cities of the world went out on climate protest, we all have seen them. And when people in Morocco and Libya and other countries die as a result of natural disasters, and when islands and countries disappear underwater, and when tornadoes and deserts are spreading into, into new territories, and when all of this is happening, one unnatural disaster in Moscow decided to launch a big war and kill tens of thousands of people. We have to stop it. We must act united to defeat the aggressor and focus all our capabilities and energy on addressing these challenges. As right, nukes I, I, are okay, all right. I, I'm, I'm going to start to get really angry, mm -hmm. and I don't want to do that at 9-11 uh, in the morning, Casey. <laughs> uh, this guy, if you were to look up another dictionary, for those of you who st still have your dictionaries out, if you were to look up insufferable, there would also probably be a picture of this guy. So he's now selling the left's agenda to receive more money, consolidate the left's message globally. Why do we have to save the world by saving Ukraine? Wouldn't securing the U.S., the beacon of freedom, and democracy save the world instead all right uh so kevin mccarthy you you remember kevin mccarthy he is the speaker of the house he's the guy who promised to be like really conservative and get fiscal irresponsibility under control and then proceeded to raise the debt ceiling by multi-trillions of dollars you you remember kevin mccarthy mm -hmm. yes uh so he went out yesterday and he was uh, rather critical of Zelensky's little song and dance routine that he did at the United Nations. Now, I got a big problem with this, but let's hear what he has to say first. Is Zelensky elected to Congress? Is he our president? I don't think I have to commit anything. I have questions for him. Where's the accountability on the money we already spent? What is the plan for victory? I think that's what the American public wants to know. Look, what Russia has done invade is wrong. It's an atrocity, and we want to make sure that ends. I also have always said from the beginning, no matter what the issue is, I want accountability for whatever the hardworking taxpayers spend their money on, and, want to, and I want to plan for victory. Okay, all well and good, right? I think he's saying the same thing that uh, we've been saying on this show for a year and a half since day one now, right? Like, what's the, what's the accountability plan here? What's the plan for victory? The problem is... You, Mr. Speaker, I don't know, maybe Kevin McCarthy needs a civics lesson of some sort, uh, because the House of Representatives, Casey, I don't know if you knew this, they control the money. Mm -hmm. And we keep approving money, and most recently, the debt ceiling, uh, I would call it negotiation, but it was just Joe Biden taking a four-wheeler and running all over Kevin McCarthy's face. Uh, in the debt ceiling negotiation, you saw... Uh, no pushback whatsoever. I mean, we talked about this during the debt ceiling stuff. Yep. You remember the debt ceiling, Casey. That's the one where Jim Banks flapped his gums all day about mm -hmm. being against the debt ceiling and then magically didn't show up to vote. One of only right. four people in the Congress who didn't vote. Same debt ceiling negotiation. Yes. Uh, it is amazing to me that a guy who controls the money, who just... Uh, 
lobbied for and approved and strong-armed the Republicans in the Congress, along with the Democrats. I mean, he teamed up with the Democrats to get this thing passed, to continue to give Joe Biden infinite money to do basically whatever he wants, including give it to Ukraine, now suddenly says, oh, what? I've got a bunch of questions, Casey, mm-hmm. about what the hell's going on in the Ukraine. Accountability. I thought he said one thing that you and I have been saying all all along. He said, what is the plan for victory? What does success look like? Is the goal freedom or is the goal endless war? But why is he just asking it now? There was literally a bill in the House that would have required a plan of action for the United States with Ukraine and they couldn't they couldn't get it passed. So don't tell me Kevin McCarthy is so concerned about where our money's going. Kevin McCarthy doesn't care at all about you or your money. This is lip service because if he actually cared, he could have choked off the money in the debt ceiling negotiation. I thought Byron Donalds had the best message for Zelensky at all, of all, everybody. He said, there's no money in the house right now for you. What is your message to Zelensky when he comes to the Capitol on Thursday? He wants more money from Congress. He claims that it's, you know, he says it's very important to stopping the war in Ukraine. What message does it send that so many conservatives are opposed to more money for Ukraine? Uh, the first thing I'll tell you is there's no money in the House right now for Ukraine. There's just not, it's not there. Um, you mean like, there's no support for money? No. And to be blunt, we're running a $2 trillion deficit. Any money we give to Ukraine, we're borrowing from our future. That's the facts. Those are the truth. You can, anybody, you feel how you want to feel about it. I'm here to tell you what's right and what's real. Uh, I mean, look, it's not a good time for him to be here, quite frankly. Um, that's just the reality. And the third piece is what's happened with Ukraine is, frankly, the fault of leadership of Joe Biden. Let's be very clear of that. So do not, don't put that on the backs of the American people now. If we had a commander in chief who knew how to lead as opposed to take naps, then we would be in a much better situation when it comes to Ukraine and global security, for that matter. I think he makes a great point there, but it applies for all money. Not just money for Ukraine. Yes, that's correct. There's no money for anything. Of course, the Ukrainian president is scheduled to meet with President Biden at the White House on Thursday before heading to Capitol Hill to talk with lawmakers to sell, sell, sell. All right. When we come back, Donald Trump once again saying you as a voter in uh, in America, he doesn't owe you a damn thing. He has announced he is skipping yet another debate. It's coming up with Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Try to see it my way. Do I have to keep 21 minutes after 9, you're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So Donald Trump traveling to Iowa today. This in the wake of those controversial abortion comments that he made over the weekend. But he has also declared that he is set to skip next week's Republican presidential primary debate. Instead, he plans to appear uh, in Detroit with some UAW auto workers who are on strike. Yeah, okay, so look, he did it the first time. It appears he did was done a small amount of damage in terms of if you looked at his poll numbers, it seemed like there was about a five point move away from Trump collectively. Clearly, it didn't go to any one person. Some people said, oh, I really like Nikki Haley or, uh, you know, Ramaswamy or DeSantis or whatever. But when you're up a gajillion points, it simply doesn't matter. And this is what we talked about before the first debate when uh, the American people, uh, Republican primary voters, I guess in this case, said doesn't matter to us either. This becomes a problem because it, well, it becomes a problem for two reasons. Number one, voters should demand 
accountability from their elected officials. They should demand that their elected officials answer for, in the case of Trump, one, his presidency, and two, what he plans to do if he's elected president again. But if we're on the voters don't seem to care about accountability on anything train, Mm -hmm. look at the city of Indianapolis. We still, and I'll continue to say it every single day, have no idea where the mayor of the city of Indianapolis was as the city was burned, looted, and rioted to the ground and people died. And yet, here he is. Mm -hmm. Nobody asks. Nobody holds him accountable. Indy Star had a random, confused, accidental, momentary act of journalism where they asked, and he gave the most weird answer ever, and there was no follow-up. And so, here we sit, Casey. We are to blame for this because we don't hold people's feet to the fire, and Trump will probably get away with this because, look, let's say he goes down another three or four points. Oh, now he's at 46 instead of 50. Mm -hmm. Who cares? Yeah, still leading. It's on him. It's on the candidate to sell us. So far, we know of Trump that he wants to close the border, and he wants to drill baby drill. Which is the same thing he wanted to do in 2016, which is fine. Those are all fine policies. The the, the question, though, is how do you plan to accomplish those things? And I think it should be super offensive if you're a Republican primary voter that you've got Trump going on NBC News, and yet he will not stand up on a Republican stage and answer questions on how he intends to lead the country if indeed he is reelected. You should be disappointed for any person who who would do this. It just happens to be Trump. And I guess the theory is, well, winning is all that matters to me and being accountable to you doesn't. And then you're going to get in, he's going to get in office again. And it's going to be the same stuff that got him in trouble before. So he intends to speak not just to the striking auto workers while he's in Detroit, but also 500 plumbers, pipe fitters, and electricians who are going to be at the event. It's kind of interesting to think the union used to be associated with Democrats, and they have let that go. And now I think Trump is looking that at that as an opportunity to pick up some of those people as voters for him. Well, I think we are seeing, and we see this more and more and more, and we get a lot of phone calls about this, where union leadership does not necessarily represent union rank and file. And we've had multiple phone calls from people who are in unions as it relates to the UAW strike, people commenting on that. And that tends to be more and more a common theme where people look around and say, this this representation, you know where we hear it the most, Casey, is the teachers union. How often do we get phone calls from teachers or emails from teachers saying, hey, wait a second, these ding-dongs don't speak for me, but they do speak for you. That's the problem. Your fate, your earning power in this case, in the case of the education stuff, it's what's being taught or the COVID shutdowns or the mask mandates or whatever, they are speaking for you. And unless we will publicly speak up, Then they continue to be your voice by default. So Trump's campaign says that he's probably going to make an appearance at the picket line, although they're not sure, given security logistics. Trump said on his Truth Social that United Auto Workers are being sold down the drain with all of this electric car scam. All right. So Chris Christie, you remember him. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, (laughs) Isn't it wild to think in 2012, Chris Christie was the featured speaker on night one of the Republican convention, and there were a whole bunch of people going, gosh darn it, it's too bad Christie didn't run. He would have been a great nom. You remember that? Mm-hmm. Like, he's out there, he's front and center, and you look at this dude now and go, this is why you should totally load the establishment wing of the Republican Party, because in 2012, Chris Christie and Mitt Romney were the standard bearers of excellence for the party. And we have the same cast of characters still. 
<laughs> Nothing ever changes. Uh, it's like Hotel California. You can check out anytime you like, but you can never leave. So Christie was on Fox News, and he said he's now going to start following Trump around the country. Yeah, no, look, I, you know, I said I was going to give him two debates to show up. Um, so uh, he's not going to show up at debate number two. So after debate number two, we're going to have to go find him, I guess. You know, look, we've got Joe Biden who campaigned uh, all these years ago in a basement. Uh, we now have Donald Trump who's hiding behind the walls of his golf clubs um, and only going into very controlled circumstances where, you know, he doesn't get to ask be asked questions by voters. I mean, I think this is incredibly disrespectful to voters, Neil. Um, they have a right to hear from him about his record when he was president, about what his plans are uh, if he were to be the nominee again. Um, and uh, he just is ignoring it. Chris Christie doesn't have a debate this time or a campaign, rather, without Trump. I mean, he, no, of course not. I mean, he, he, his whole future book deal, CNN deal, whatever the thing he's gunning for depends on him being a. Uh, just just as big a pain in Trump's backside as he can. The threatening to follow someone around the country, though, mm-hmm. that's a little weird. Well, because isn't it? he needs Trump for his own campaign. I mean, that's a little I will not be ignored, Dan. But he does have a point, though, that uh, Donald Trump only seems to be going in controlled environments. Well, sure. And, and why wouldn't he? And it will, it will, even if it doesn't get Trump in the primary, it will get him in the general because part of being debating in the primary is sharpening yourself up and, you know, really sharpening the pencil on your position positions and getting prepared and being transparent to the voters on where you stand on issues absolutely all right we gotta take a break when we come back uh, this is going to shock you casey Mm -hmm. more incoherent gibberish from john fetterman (laughs) plus kev just told me he's doing something and i think he is making an egregious mistake an absolutely egregious mistake but we're going to need some audience weigh in and participation on this because maybe i am the one Who is missing the forest from the trees on this? It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Baseball. (laughs) 934, it's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So what's behind the John Fetterman body double conspiracy theory? If you really think that through, how is that even possible? I mean, you got to find somebody who looks like him, somebody who sounds like him, and then somebody who's willing to do that gig. Okay, but here's the point I made to you, and we've talked about this multiple days in a row now. He does look different than he used to look, right? I mean, I'm not... not, Completely agree. this, This is not... You know, we didn't land on the moon or the earth is flat type conspiracy theory here. A reasonable person looks at this guy and you put the two pictures side by side and say something has happened with this guy because he looks markedly different than he did nine or ten months ago. Well, we know something happened to him. He had a stroke. He went through some depression. I'm sure he's been on various medications, and that does change your body after a while. It certainly hasn't changed the way he sounds. No, he still cannot form coherent sentences. Yes. And here he is. What is he talking about? He's trying to give an uplifting message of support (laughs) to the United Auto Workers. Because, because Casey, when you need a rousing speech. That's who you're going to go to. Why why are, is he doing this on his own or is he getting a directive? We need Fetterman out there talking. It's almost like he's a character on Impractical Jokers. Have you ever seen Impractical Jokers Mm -hmm. where there's like three comedians and then one guy is out in a mall somewhere and they're in the back and he's got an earpiece in and they're like okay now walk up to this lady next to you and you know say something totally ridiculous and obviously they're trying to you know solicit responses from people it's almost like Fetterman has some guy in his ear continually it's like Chuck Schumer's own little game of impractical jokers where you know now call Biden a collapsed bridge and and see what happens I mean it's just it's 
Casey, he is one of the 100 most powerful people mm-hmm. in the United States mm-hmm. Senate. And I, my new th- favorite thing is the excuse for Fetterman is now that Lauren Boebert got frisky in a in a theater with mm-hmm. some guy. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, we can say that Boebert acted inappropriately. You can think that, and you're absolutely not out of the side of the mainstream to say getting handsy as a member of Congress in a movie theater where you're vaping, where you're not supposed to vape and being noisy is behavior unbecoming of a member of Congress. Perfect. We're all in agreement of that. Lauren Boebert and John Fetterman are not the same because John Fetterman puts words next to other words that don't go together. <laughs> it is not the same thing. Some chick maybe getting liquored up and getting handsy in a theater is not the same as a guy who can't form coherent sentences. I just imagine somebody on the bat phone. Okay, we need somebody to go inspire the auto workers. <laughs> who do we have? Oh, you know what? We want the man child raised in privilege who rails against the elites who didn't work until he was 40 and whose daddy funded his t- entire political career <laughs> who now can't speak coherently. Let's get that guy out there to do it. Okay, so we'll just we'll let the audio speak for itself and and then we will we will weigh in on it. Okay. Yep. Perfect. My message to the the CEOs the CEOs is you know at seventy four million dollars you know collectively earning that you know how many yachts can they need you know to to yacht, to water uh, ski behind it you know I mean it's just crazy you know I don't remember when we played the clip of Charlie's mom from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia going money me. Me money now, give me money. Mm -hmm. John Fetterman is Charlie's mom saying, money me, me money, give me money now. Mm -hmm. Except he is one of the 100 most powerful people in the entire country. Um, Anybody knows you don't water ski behind a yacht. more of a speedboat okay. sort of thing. Could, if we put Fetterman on a set, on a water ski right now, <laughs> could he could, do it? Could he pull it off? I don't know. I mean, the, the, that is insane what you just heard from a, a United States senator. Mm-hmm. It's not that his policy is wrong or we disagree with that or whatever. We, could, we can't even get into that because I don't even know what his policy is because it's, Kev, can we play that again? It is just words that do not <laughs> go together. They don't make any sense. My message to the, the CEOs, the CEOs is, you know, at seventy-four million dollars, you know, collectively earning that, you know, how many yachts can they need, you know, to to, yacht, to water uh, ski behind it? You know, I mean, it's just crazy. You know, I don't. Why is this okay? Does anybody think that he's fit to serve? Apparently, the people of Pennsylvania did, at least the ones who are part of the mass mail-in unaccountable voting program that mm-hmm. they've got going on out mm-hmm. there. I, look uh, again. I think everybody knows on this show right now, we're not cheerleaders for the Republicans. We're not fans of the Republicans. We dislike all of these people equally. But this is not okay. It's really amazing how many unqualified politicians we have running the country right now. Okay, so who is our- Both sides, both parties. Who is our Mount Rushmore right now of the U.S. Senate of unqualified people who you would not leave them alone for one day without checking in on them? Well, I think you got to have Feinstein Stein. You have to have McConnell. And then you have to- to have Fetterman yeah. now fourth position. I'm not sure who yeah. who belongs. Well, on there. that's a. I mean, it's always and that's the way. Always it always is with Mount Rushmore, right? Mm-hmm. The three are very obvious, yeah. and then the fourth one is is. <laughs> It's quite difficult. I mean, come on, Casey. I mean, it's like you've got you've got a mixture of people who are nine thousand years old, or this guy who. What are COs? I mean, he's not even he's not even using the right acronym. Like it's. Just, the controlling officer? Come on, Pennsylvania. <laughs> Come on. Okay, I have to ask your opinion on this, Casey, yeah. because and the audience opinion on this, because I think Kevin, our very fabulous producer, is making 
just an egregious faux pas here. And so Kev's favorite band, and we've talked about this before, is the Viagra Boys. Yeah. And they're some sort of Swedish... Swedish punk band. Yeah. And that's fine. Everybody's got their own favorites. And I love that you are eccentric enough to say a group (laughs) called the Viagra Boys is your favorite band. And you say it loudly and you say it proudly. They're great. Uh, And they are... They are playing. You're going to see them on Sunday. Is that correct? Yeah, I'm going to go see them in Louisville at the Louder Than Life Festival. And the, it's that, a it, punk music festival. There's all sorts of bands playing at this, right? It's yeah. them. You said Green Day is going to be there. Yeah, Queens of the Stone Age, yeah. Flogging Molly. Uh, there's a few other bands. <laughs> Wait, that I really what's the like. name of the What's the name of that band? Flogging Molly. Oh, okay. They're uh, like a uh, Irish pub rock. Band. Oh, okay. All sure. right. Very good. And there's a genre for that. <laughs> So, so you are going of great, t- uh, you know, your time, your traveling. Are you getting in your van and driving? Yeah, me and the uh, singer from my band. Yeah, we are, Uno Gold. Yeah, Uno Gold. We're taking my, <laughs> my van ba- down my to Louisville. Band. You can find them at uno.gold on the Instagram. So you are going, you know, whatever, I don't know what it is now, an hour and a half, two hours to get to Louisville. Yeah, about depending an hour, on an hour and a half. Traffic, mm-hmm. you've got to pay to get across that bridge. I mean, you're putting great expense. Oh, I know a, a route around the tolls. Oh, okay. Very, of course, you've got a guy, right? Point is, you're using uh, expensive fuel, hours of your time, mm-hmm. which is great. You're going to see your favorite band. No problem with that. However, you've informed me that said same favorite band is actually going to be in Indianapolis on Friday, and you're simply not going. Yeah, they're actually on tour with Queens of the Stone Age, so they're hitting all the cities, and they're going to be in Indy on Friday. But I'm going to go see them on Sunday, and I'm going to see at least five other bands that I really like. So I feel like I'm getting more bang for my buck going to the festival. But as a fan, Kevin, you're making a major faux pas because part of being a fan is to see them in your city. (laughs) What's the name of the lead singer for the Viagra Boys? What's this guy's name? Sebastian Murphy. Sebastian Murphy. You got to see Sebastian. Now, Casey, I don't know if you've Mm -hmm. ever seen this guy. He uh, has a lot of tattoos. And his thing is he just, he has what we would call, is it a dad bod? Is that what we would describe it as? I guess so. He's got the beer gut. I mean, he's not, he's not like uh, the Red Hot Chili Peppers guy out there on stage. And he will waltz on stage with his shirt off Mm -hmm. and just mosey around the stage as though he is Robert Plant circa 1972. (laughs) And he's He's got the shades. Yeah. And and so uh, you're going to miss, what's the guy's name? Sebastian Murphy. Sebastian Murphy say, good evening, Indianapolis. Indianapolis. It's so fun to be here at your mm-hmm. fair city in the park. I just think you are really, really making a major my favorite band faux pas by driving to another city to see them, but not seeing them here in Indianapolis. Do you want to go get like a hot brown or something where you're down in Louisville? Is that is that what's wait, driving oh, you? Wait, to- wait, what? It's a sandwich. The- oh, oh, sorry. Okay. <laughs> It's, it's, it's Louisville's version of the pork tenderloin. Oh, very good. Thank you. Okay. Yes. <laughs> uh, so I would be curious to see other people's commentary on this. Is Kevin making an egregious, my favorite band fan faux pas mm-hmm. by going to by traveling hours to see the band but not seeing them in his home city. Uh, okay, here's the thing. If it's your favorite band, why don't you do it both locations? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I, I just feel like Viagra Boys is a festival band. Okay. So I think it's all about the He's atmosphere. got his reasons, Rob. Just, Let the man I live cannot, his life. I absolutely cannot get past this. <laughs> well, if you'd like to weigh in, the number 317-684-8444. It is 944. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. 
Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Good morning, it's 949 with Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC, and we're going to call this segment Crazy People of TikTok. <laughs> Now, you have a TikTok, right? I do. I, of course. Casey Daniels 317. I don't post often, but there are, there are some videos up because there. Because you woke up one day and said, I'm really excited about China spying on me. It's I need exactly some more of that happened. in yeah. my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, you only can, for those of us who don't have a TikTok, you can only post videos on TikTok. Is that correct? Well, you can post pictures, but oh. they'll be in video form. Oh, does that make sense? No, that makes no sense whatsoever. Okay. But I'll roll with it. It's not it's not germane to this this conversation. Um, so, but a lot of younger people, especially, use the TikTok mm-hmm. and post the videos and say, "Here, China, here's my stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. Do with it as you as you please." And uh, yes, this segment we're going to point out some people that are on the TikTok because apparently, and you would know this better than I would. This is where a lot of the wild and wacky wackiest members of our society go to do their business. Yes, it is. It is. You get there there's a big conservative movement though. I think gaining some traction on TikTok. Interesting. All right. And once you watch one of those videos, you get fed oh, more it's of a, them. Oh, it's a rabbit hole. It's yeah. like YouTube on steroids, basically, yeah, is what, the you're, algorithm what you're telling gets, me. Yeah. Uh, okay. So this first guy, and we're going to prove a point with this, because the, the one of the great things about certain members of the left, and one of the few great things about the internet, is that members of the radical left are allowed unfettered access to the rest of us in society so you can see them and what they actually think and they'll say the quiet parts out loud this is some lgbtq activist Mm -hmm. and this dude says that if you're a parent you have no rights and schools should be able to keep things from parents and this guy proves a lot of what we've been trying to tell you let's take a listen such thing as parental rights. It's not recognized in law. It's not in the charter. doesn't exist. Children's rights, however, are recognized and have been for a very long time. Parents have responsibility, which is recognized in the law, but no rights. If your child does not want to tell you something about them, that's your problem not the governments, not the school systems. Maybe you should ask yourself why your child might not want to tell you whatever it is your conspiracy brain thinks that they should have to. Okay, so the reason we played this guy is he's saying the thing that we have been telling you is going on in the public school system. Mm -hmm. And if you want to know more, look no further than that video that came out earlier this year in which administrators from all across the state of Indiana, all four corners of the state, were on camera saying, yes, we do DEI or CRT or SEL or whatever we're calling it these days, Mm -hmm. and we deliberately hide it from the parents because we think we know better than the parents. This guy is telling you the same thing that they were telling you in the video, which is as a parent, if you send your kid to public school, Now, every school system is different. Not every school system is doing this, I acknowledge. But there is a better than not chance this stuff is happening to your kid and you're not being told, not only you're not being told about it, they're deliberately hiding it from you. And this guy is telling you Mm -hmm. that he thinks that's just fine. And this sounds very anti-family. This approach attempts to usurp the very essence of the parent 
parent-child relationship. Yes, you are in charge of your- Trying to meddle right in there. You are in charge of your kid if you are a parent. Now, when your kid becomes 18 and decides to flee the bunker, mm-hmm. he or she can do whatever she wants and that's on them. But until a child is 18, you as the parent are in control of that child. That is why it's called a guardian. Mm-hmm. Your job is to guard, guard. them. It's yeah. a, it's a gu- an actual government title, legal guardian, right? I mean, uh, there's a reason on your taxes you get a break for a dependent because mm-hmm. they are dependent upon you. And this guy admits what many, many people on the far left believe, which is that you are not in control of the kid. The public education system is in control of the kid. They're the professionals, and you should just butt out. There's no school that's going to be equal to a decent home, and no teacher is going to be equal to a parent. And this, uh, to bring this full circle to something we've been talking about recently, this is why parents are concerned about things like the Stop It app, where there's no information, no clear-cut information on who sees the complaints, what the process is for evaluating the complaints, what the you know take-action method is on the complaints, because you are seeing guys like this tell you, hey, the school, the public, the government knows better. And if you don't like it, butt out. If you don't butt out, we got a big problem. Well, people hear and see this and say they're telling you the same way on that video. These educators, these administrators were telling you what they're doing. If they're going to tell you, we should probably listen. Okay, now there's another crazy people on TikTok video that we'd like to share <laughs> now is, with you. Is, okay, so let me ask you this. Is this guy crazy or is he just an, a kind of... A sales guy. Sales guy He's slash He's trying to drum up business. Okay, so there is a law in Texas. Mm-hmm. Now, let's steal a line from Hammer and Nigel here. Is this anything? There is a law in Texas, which is recently passed, which says if you kill someone... While driving under the influence, so a DWI, if you kill someone, mm-hmm. you are then liable or could be held liable. For, Financially responsible. Right. For child support yeah. for those children of the person you killed until they turn 18 years of age. Yeah. And I got to say, I'm not sure I necessarily disagree with this law, Casey. I think I may be, I don't, I haven't studied it in, in, in depth, but I think I may be on team law on this one. What say you? Well, if you're going to be irresponsible and get behind the wheel after you're inebriated and you take someone's life away who is uh, financially serving a dependent, shouldn't you be accountable for those monies? Yeah. Okay. So there's a law firm and uh, according to their TikTok page, it's called the Thiessen Law Firm, who is actually running a promo on how to help people get out of these DWIs that killed people because they want you to avoid having to pay the child support. Let's listen to the ad and then decide, is this anything? New law in Texas. If you're DWI and you hit and kill somebody and that person is a parent, you're now liable for the child support of those children until they turn 18. And if you go to prison, that child support is just racking up until you get out of prison, you're gonna pay all that back child support. So effectively, even if you get out of prison and served your time, you're still gonna be paying that off like you're on probation for the rest of your life. So it's more important now than ever to hire a lawyer who can win these cases. Okay. Every person is entitled to uh, an attorney and a vigorous defense, and that is guaranteed to us uh, in the Constitution, and uh, no problem with that. I'm saying not can this guy run this ad. 
I'm saying, should you be? Because that's a weird flex, basically marketing yourself. Hey, if you drove drunk and killed someone, mm-hmm. we're here for you, Palski. Yeah, we're going to help you get out of that. Um, how? There's there's a lot of questions with this, and because I don't know that law specifically, but how are they going to pay for it when they're in prison? Well, that's great point. Question. I mean, maybe they have monies saved up. I'm just saying that, and I get that there are DUI attorneys, and I've told you I watched that guy, one of my favorite guys to watch on YouTube is a, a DUI attorney who will make car videos as he's driving, telling you how to how to you know kind of beat the cops interrogation of you on the spot and things you can do and can't do or should do or shouldn't do. Uh, but this seems like a weird flex to me to be like, hey, if you drove drunk and killed someone, we're the law firm for you. We're going to get you out of it. It is 957. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Good morning.